listening to the Tenuto Podcast, presented by me, Kevin Lynch. All right, and welcome to the first ever episode, our debut episode of the Tenuto Podcast. Now, when I was in college, I actually dreamt about what it was like out here in the real world. I loved it. I thought about it all the time. All I could think about was being a teacher and being out in the real world, being in schools. My favorite place was actually in schools, and I did everything I could to, to be in a school. My last year of college, I did student teaching, and then the semester before that, I, I talked to one of the teachers in the county where I went to school. I went to school at Penn State, so in State College, and I actually got to go in and teach and observe with him every Thursday just because I, I love being in school so much. So I and I would rather do that honestly than to have a teacher lecture me for an hour and a half about something that I won't get to experience myself. I've always been someone who really, really learned a lot through experience. And I know that there are a lot of music teachers out there who feel like they don't have a lot of resources in their building, right? Uh, they they want new ideas but they also feel like they don't have a lot of places to go because a lot of the times, music teachers, there's about two or three in one building, if you're lucky. And math teachers have, have so many other people they can go to. Science teachers, there's a ton of them in the building. Us music teachers, we don't have a lot, so we have to kind of, we have very limited resources in our building. So here on Tenuto, my goal is to become my very full value as a teacher like the note being held to its full value when the accent is over it. My goal is to share an interview with a different teacher somewhere in the world every Tuesday. We'll have a ton of different perspectives, and they will all be music teachers. So that's, that's the goal, is really to just get as many ideas out there as I possibly can. And to do so, I'm going to be interviewing as many teachers as I can. Every Tuesday, I'm going to try to get the very best and what I've found through talking to other people is that that's really where I've grown the most as a music teacher. I'm lucky enough to be a middle school band teacher in Virginia where I work with one other teacher every day. So I'm a co-teacher with another teacher every single day. When I'm doing this and when I'm growing the most is when I'm having conversations with other teachers. So that's why I decided to, to create this podcast interview as many people as I could and to share with you because really we're on this journey together. We have interviews from elementary teachers, middle school teachers, high school teachers, college professors, and even international teachers. So I recently graduated from Penn State University in 2006, May of 2006, and that's where I studied music education and I also was a bass trombone student from Mark Lusk. And through being in the trombone studio at at Penn State, I really learned the value of networking and interacting with hundreds of successful educators and performers that came through that trombone studio. It's pretty amazing, and it was actually really inspiring to see all the people that had gone through there, and it's just like one big family, so that, that was something I thought of a lot, too, when I was considering doing this. My dream job in college, believe it or not, my dream job in college was to be a middle school band director. I didn't care where, just as long as I was teaching middle school band. And I had always been inspired by my middle school teacher, and he's actually the reason that I got into music education in the first place. Uh, so now I'm lucky enough to say 
that I got a job down in Virginia, uh, Northern Virginia, and I got that job around June, and I started in September, which was which was pretty amazing, and I, I really love the area that I'm working with. I love my job and the fact that it's so collaborative, and I feel like I'm really lucky in that sense, but uh, teaching middle school definitely has a wild side to it that people are actually pretty conscious of. I mean, when I told my, my parents and my family that I got a job teaching middle school, they were really happy for me. And I mean, my parents, my family have always been so supportive, but they were like, really? Middle school? And, uh, you know, I actually get that response a lot. Like, oh, bless your soul, sweetie. I can, I can never do what you do. Or only crazy people teach middle school. Or uh, usually I'll either, I'll even get like a, yikes. And that's it. People don't really think teaching middle school is a glorious job and maybe people think that it's kind of weird that I love it so much but I'll tell you what despite the stigma of teaching very emotional 10 to 13 year olds who are rapidly becoming different people every day there's a lot to like about them um you can be absolutely weird you can be the weirdest person in the world and they'll just think it's the funniest thing in the world which is pretty cool and then um, at the same time they're developing so fast that there is so much that you can do with them and you can really take control of their education and make them do so much more than you think that they have the capability to do I mean some of this music that we're playing almost seems like it's gonna be too hard and then they exceed your wildest expectations in a couple weeks they have the potential, um, and it's really up to the teacher to harness all that raw ability. So our jobs, I mean, as teachers, is is to harness that, and it's it's so awesome that we are lucky enough to do that with these rapidly growing kids. So that's what I love about teaching middle school. Now I know every 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 age group has its perk, and I love elementary, I love middle, and I love high school. Um, but speaking of middle school. We have a guest on the podcast today, and he teaches out in Berwick, Pennsylvania. His name's Nathan Zeke, and he's the first interviewee of the show. The reason I brought him on is because he has such great ideas about kids and about teaching. Um, he's such a, an interesting guy, a passionate teacher, and he gives us a lot of insight in this interview on creating a system, journaling, and a lot of other tools that he uses as a teacher. So without further ado, here is the interview I ran with Nathan Zeke. I'm here with Nathan Zeke, uh, one of my best friends out of college, and he now teaches choir at Berwick Middle School in Pennsylvania. How's it going, Nathan? I'm pretty great. How are you, man? Thanks for that awesome intro. I'm doing good, man. Um, all right, so we're just going to jump right into this. Uh, you're teaching choir, but you grew up as a trombone player, right? Right. Um, I was pretty much exclusively um, instrumental my whole music career, and then I applied for this job in Berwick. It was around the area that I wanted to be in, here in central PA, and um I just did well in the interview, and I kept going forward, and it was, it, was, it, was just, it was just a godsend to be where I am. I'm, I'm pretty stoked to be in this situation. Dude, like, if I'm being honest with you, you, 
I really admire, like, your people skills. You're probably one of the best people I've ever seen, like, oh, around wow. other people. Wow. And I think that... <laughs> I think that really, uh, that translates to the interview process, you know? Yeah, I I mean, we've talked about that our whole college career, how that was, like, kind of the thing that would set us apart is our ability to connect with people and, like, um, make those face-to-face connections. Yeah, and I think that, that even if you know so much about music, um, like, the hardest thing about getting a job is actually, like, having those people skills. Is there, do you have any, like, tricks that you can share with some of our college listeners? Because they're definitely out there listening to this right now. Um, I would say, particularly in the interview process, make sure you're going in um, with the attitude that you want them to like you as a person and not just as a teacher. Um, You want to, you want to display yourself as someone who they want to be around every day because that's what I'm into is not just you as a teacher, but you as a person. Right. I'm saying, I would say that was that was my main thing I was keeping in mind, making sure I smiled and uh, firm handshakes, making sure I asked intelligent questions through the interview, nice. stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, you had a lot of interviews, right? Because you were looking for a job yeah. in a specific place in Pennsylvania. Right, right. And um, so you actually had a couple of high school band opportunities, right? Yes, yeah, those, those did come up a bit. Um, honestly, I, I was pretty happy wherever I could go. I, I was, I was ready to just, I didn't care where it was and what I was doing, but I was just ready to teach music somewhere. Right. And, and um, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like you really, really are loving chorus right now. The more I talk no, to you I, about it. Yeah, I do love chorus. What are like some of the things that you really like about chorus? Well, I, I really love, um, with chorus in particular that, I mean, not nothing against past like fifth, fifth, sixth grade bands that I've heard. <laughs> Getting my first week as a chorus teacher, um, we did this really um, awesome arrangement of Amazing Grace that I taught to my kids, just kind of by rote. And we were sitting, they were singing it, and I was playing the piano, and it was it was just a really, really awesome musical moment. Um, when they were singing Amazing Grace and I had the piano accompaniment going on and just looking back on it, fifth, I mean, there are only, there's only so much you can do with those fifth and sixth grade band kids who only know like Dota Soul right. um, on their instruments and you're just like hammering out hot crust buns all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a really pleasant surprise to me. Yeah. Um, oh, was how much you could actually do with a chorus. But yeah. in terms of similarities, that's, that's about where it stops for me. Um, knowing things like picking music, scheduling trips, um, getting paperwork done for concerts, emailing parents, that, that was, I knew I would be doing that no matter where I was, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where the similarity stops for me between chorus and band. I noticed a lot more differences than similarities. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, it is, it is, it is music, but it's a lot different. Uh, yeah. what what is different about it then? Um, it's it's funny. It's mostly it's not the subject to me that makes the most difference. It's actually the type of student that I have in the classroom. Oh, really? Um, every single band that I've been a part of, the kids are just they're so 
I mean, th- and this is true. In order to be in band, you really, really have to be committed um, to the cause. Like, yeah, you you can't just show up like once in a while and not be like into it. Like, you'll never get anywhere. Right. You have to be like actively working on your yeah, stuff. You have to actively be working on it. And um, it seemed like most of the kids that I came into in Berwick, like that wasn't the case with the chorus kids. Like they weren't, it wasn't really like one of their main priorities. And that's something that I've definitely been um, pushing. Like it's something that I've really been trying to instill in them is that commitment and that drive to being the best we can be in chorus class. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Another, oh, I just thought of another thing. Um, In band, it is, this is something I never thought about with chorus, but in band, you can, you can, you hand out pieces of music, and on that day, you can, like, play through the song and kind of have an idea what it's going to be like. Right, yeah. With, with, with chorus, they, like, I mean, I don't know if this was just what I came into, but my kids, like, could not sight-read at all. Um, so we really were having to, like, pick things through one at a time, like, one measure at a time. Yeah, and sight-reading is, like, probably one of the hardest things to do with a chorus. I mean, it's yeah, hard in band, exactly. too, but, like... You can't just put down like one and two on the trumpet and know that you're gonna play an A, in, yeah, in chorus. Yeah. Like it doesn't work that way. Right. I, that's exactly what I was experiencing. Like I could, I felt like I was moving so slow with chorus, but um, I think that's just like the system that I'm running right now. Yeah. Um, and the system that they're used to is it's just like that's that's how it is. Like you you have to go at a slower pace and make sure you're getting things the first time through. Mm-hmm. And then. So you, you actually went through that process, right? Because you started teaching in September. Yeah. So you've yeah. already programmed, like, your first concert? Oh, yeah. Was oh, that... yeah. That's, that is in the books. <laughs> yeah, man. How, how did that go? It, that was... So I've been learning a lot about expectations in my first few months. That's That's definitely been a common theme that keeps coming up over and over and over again. And um, my first concert was probably the first thing that actually exceeded my expectations. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, which was... That was awesome. Very, yeah, it was a really pleasant experience. Um, before the concert, I was kind of picturing, like, I'd be the only adult in the entire building <laughs> who had any idea what was going on. <laughs> and that was, like, my fear. Really? Like, I just really, I'd be on my own, and there'd be, like, thousands of people. I feel like a lot um, of people have that fear, though. Like, that, yeah. a lot of people think of concerts like you're the only one that can do anything, and there's a right. bunch of people who have no idea what's going on. Right. Um, luckily, I have, I have an awesome, like, support staff in Berwick, and I had um, some of the other, the other music department was there to kind of, like, help me out, like, manage the kids a little bit, and I had a guy running um, the sound and the lights, so that was, that was really awesome that they could do that, but it was just a chorus called like fifth or eighth chorus so um the only groups that were up there were my kids so that yeah. was, that was it was a little intimidating um must have been a yeah. proud first teacher moment though it, it, yeah to it have really all your was. kids up there yeah and um i think i've told you before i have about 300 kids in my choruses combined and so when i turned yeah. around after our first song to like address the audience um the house was packed and it was like standing room only in the oh back. My gosh. Like people were like lining the walls. It was just crazy. That was yeah. like more people than I'd ever seen in the auditorium. Yeah. Wow. And that was like all you. Uh, it, it helps that I had so many kids, but yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, first con. I'm sure that was an awesome like first concert ever. Yeah, I like I, I don't have to tell you, but just like that, the weight off your shoulders when you finally get the first one done is right. just incredible. Yeah, I I'm with you. Yeah, I've I've experienced I experienced something similar with mine, so it definitely yeah. felt good. Um, awesome. Yeah. So speaking of your first concert and teaching middle school and having all that support, um, would you say that you prefer the middle school age or do you not, you not really care about what age group you teach? Um, like I said previously, like I, I, I felt really flexible going into yeah. my interviews. Like I felt like I could succeed wherever I was. Um, but I found such joy in each level of the middle school kids. Like I love the fifth graders in particular are just like the light of my world. Like they're 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 so happy to be at school, and right? it just makes like it makes me pumped. Oh my, um, yeah, just to see how excited they are about things. I know you can um, like never have a down day with fifth graders because oh, they're always yeah. just so happy. Yeah, I I don't know. I just love my fifth graders, um, <laughs> but even like the eighth graders who often get a bad rep for being like brats and divas and all mm-hmm. that, like. I just try to keep in mind that they're really trying to figure out who they are. Like, they have a lot of social anxiety issues, right. like, where they are in life right now. Um, but, yeah, it's just fun. As long as I keep that in mind, um, they're a good group to work with. Um, I really I, – I've set expectations before. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had no expectation. Uh, like, I, I didn't know what the kids were going to be like at all. Um, And I think that goes for, I think that goes for any new teacher going into their first job. Like, don't expect your kids to be anything because it's not going to be like that. Um, Because an eighth grader in my school district, Berwick, could be completely different than an eighth grader in inner city Pittsburgh or even down in DC. Like, you have no idea um, what background your kids are going to have so you, you really do have to be open um get to know them personally before you have expectations for what's going to be going on in the classroom yeah i love that approach you can't you can't assume anything about right. these kids just because yeah. they're in eighth grade doesn't mean anything absolutely yeah. yeah so that that's awesome man it sounds like you've had a lot of like breakthroughs in your teaching have yeah. you like is there anything that's like helped you improve because you you didn't teach any choir wasn't your main focus i'm not gonna say you didn't teach any but like it wasn't your main you knew you were capable with any kind of music but what has helped you improve as a choir teacher um i would say i would say not just for choir teachers listening but i would say for any new teacher coming in um this has been incredibly helpful for me uh, I'm a huge system guy. Like, I love, I have really put in a bunch of systems um, into my chorus classroom that were not there previously. Um, whether that's routines, like how you enter the classroom, how you're getting situated, um, definitely managing expectations. But my students know um, what to do and when to do it. Um, it is really. The, the, my main point with making systems like my attendance and binder and music system 
is all so that things can function quickly and easily and we can all focus on just making the music like we i don't want the most confusing thing when kids are coming into the classroom is trying to figure out which binder is theirs and where they're supposed to be sitting like i i really tried right from day one to make sure all those things were in order so that we could really focus on um the the music in the classroom right so that that's definitely been like my best thing yeah and that can also oh sorry go ahead I was, I was going to say that can also go along with, like, classroom management is, like, if you oh, have absolutely. that system in place, like, yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and other things that have helped me improve, I've definitely reached out to past teachers. I've reached out um, to coworkers. Um, for first-year teachers in particular, I would really suggest getting to know the people in your department and don't be afraid to talk to them and observe what they're doing in their classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even, even if they don't know um, exactly what to say to help you, they can tell you what was in place before you got there and right. if that was successful or not. Um, so I, I've always thought that. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I do to help myself out is I journal at the end of every school day, like the last like 25 minutes that you're contractually obligated to be there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I take that time and I... I jot down notes on my lesson plans like this went well, um, this can be improved, the students did this when I did this kind of thing. Like So that next year when I'm looking back um, on what was successful, I can say, oh, well, I can adjust this now and save myself some time. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's really inspiring. That's a good, <laughs> good piece of advice. Um, yeah. There was a day where I was like hanging out with your mom. And you, we can, like, we can totally cut this part if it's, like, not true. But <laughs> she she told me that, like, some of your class, like, one of your classroom management things was, like, when kids stand up, like, you, you'll you make a kid, like, stand up and then sit down or something. <laughs> she, she told me that, like, some of your class, like, one of your classroom management things was, like, when kids stand up, like, you you'll make a kid, like, stand up and then sit down or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had, like, a phase where I, 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 I've been trying out a lot of different... And I think you have to do that yeah. as, like, a first year team. Like, no, you no, have no. to try it. Yeah, no. It works, but, I thought it was really um, funny. And it was, like, it was actually, like, kind of... It was actually really smart. It was just, like, I in course, I, like, often make my kids stand up and sit down um, just to, like, kind of keep their focus and... Um, it helps them obviously with their posture and everything like that. So, um, if I if there are times where they're just like really not focused and they're really having a hard time just like not talking, I'll be like, stand up. And as soon as the last person's up, I'll be like, okay, great, sit down, thank you. <laughs> and then and then they'll start talking and be like, all right, go ahead and stand up. <laughs> all right, go ahead and sit down. And um, but another, it's I bet it's really effective. <laughs> yeah, another thing I've heard that can go with that is that they like keep talking when you do that, make them stick their hand in the air and, like, keep them there for the rest of class, like, just <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. I actually heard that from your mom, too. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I, cool. I definitely have tried quite a few um, different strategies for managing uh, the classroom. Yeah. That, that, was, that was one that I definitely gave a, a run, and it was doing a good job. That's awesome. I love that. That's awesome, man. All right, yeah. real quick, I ask this to all my guests. All right. 
and you're my first guest, but we're going to ask this to everyone. Um, <laughs> if you could tell 16-year-old Nathan Zeke one thing about teaching, what would it be? Wow. Wow. That's a great question. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I think... I think if I could tell 16-year-old me one thing about teaching, um, I would... I would say don't ever get bogged down um, in the stuff that you have to do for your job and really cherish the moments and the things that you get to do for your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is don't, don't like stress out and feel like defeated or like overwhelmed by the paperwork and the emailing and the stuff like the stuff like that. That's like, you've always wanted to be a music teacher growing up and you're like, I don't really want to deal with all this paperwork. Don't get bogged down in that, but realize every single day, like you get to do the thing that you're most passionate about. And it's like other teachers, like no one is like, I mean, I'm sure someone is, but (laughs) lots of teachers are not like terribly passionate about adding and subtracting numbers. Right. And like, but like we get to sing and we get to play and we get to have fun. Um, and create every single day with our kids. And that's just, that's, that's so fun for me. Um, they come to our classroom, like with a different mindset than they go to their other classrooms. Like they're ready to have fun and to have like a release and an outlet in ways. And that, that's just always been really comforting for me. So I guess I would tell my 16 year, 16 year old self, um, don't get bogged down and all that teacher stuff that might be a little stressful. Like, take joy in those things that you get to do okay yeah i really like that man all right here's the last part of this interview and then you're good to go it's called rapid fire rapid fire okay all right right. and uh the goal of rapid fire is for you to say the first thing that pops into your head okay all right all right yeah you ready for rapid fire hit me with it all right here we go What's the best book you read in the last year? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, this is gonna sound really lame. This might be an old married couple thing. Okay. But my wife and I, Kelly, who you know well, right. um, we we when we were getting our jobs and when we were kind of like we were just going all over the place, like our crazy 2016, you're probably the same way. We were in the car driving like all the time. Right. Um, we got really into this system where whoever was driving, the other person would read out loud a book and we got into like some good, like suspense mystery novels. So oh. been really into those pretty recently. Can you give me like, what, give me one. Uh, it was always on the Kindle app. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'll, suspense I'll you, mystery. I'll you a text. Okay. If you're looking for a good book to read, I'll shoot you a text later. Alright, alright, sounds good. Alright, rapid fire. What's your favorite Olympic sport? Um, oh man, nothing gets me going like some good Olympic basketball. Mm, that is pretty good. Um, it's, it's just easy to rally behind that kind of sport. True. NFL team, what's your favorite NFL team? Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Great win yesterday. Great yeah, win. True. Favorite NFL player? Sean McCoy right now. Okay. I, 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 he did well for me in fantasy this year, so. Like right. LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy. 
Uh, if you if your story was to be told on the silver screen, what actor would p- portray Nathan Zeke? Oh wow! Um, I, I feel like I'm maybe like a Bradley Cooper. Oh, oh! I've actually I have heard some comparisons between you and Bradley Cooper. I like that a have lot. Have you heard that? Yeah. I I I've been trying to start that rumor. So that's where that's coming from. Yeah. But it's got like the, it's got like cool hair and it's got kind of like blue eyes. And, you know, you know, right. I feel like that. I feel like that could work well. Yeah, man. Uh, dream car. What What is your dream car? Ever since I was a kid, I really loved Jeeps. Like, I've always wanted like an orange Jeep. Ooh, like a like a Wrangler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like that. That I just I always thought that'd be really fun, but I, I, my parents told me they weren't safe. So uh, you know. Well, yeah. That was okay. gonna happen when I was a kid. All right. Your Your favorite tool to use in the classroom. Is what? Oh my gosh, I love. Um, I don't know if it, it's a tool, like necessarily, but I just love um, any way I can get music in the kids' ears. I use my stereo system almost every single day. Oh. Um, even if it's just like recording them and playing it back for them to hear what they actually sound like, as opposed to what they think they sound like, kind of thing. Right. Love my stereo. Yeah, dude. I, I agree. I think a good stereo is super important. All right, man. Well, that's all I've got for you. Um, all right, rapid fire. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for being the first person that I ever interviewed on this podcast. Dude, it was truly an honor. Um, <laughs> love what you're doing here with the podcast. I think it's a great idea. Thanks, uh, man. I can't wait to hear your name um, in the conversation with some of the biggest podcasts out there. Right. That's. I mean, that's in the future. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I really appreciate it. And now you're, you're a recurring guest, right? Is that how yes. that works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get, uh, I'll expect that t-shirt pretty soon. Yeah, I'll send you out a t-shirt um, and, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll have you back on in a oh, couple weeks. Oh, man. Love listening to the show. Can't wait. All right, man. All right. And that's our show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you come back next week to listen to Brandon Saldin's interview about teaching in an international country. More to follow on that next week, but for now, have a great Tuesday.